Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Mexican Football Show. I am your host, Gloria Mendoza, and joining me is sports journalist, Johnny Nuno. Thank you for inviting me to this project, Gloria. We're going to talk about the, about the actuality and all the latest news about Mexican Football League and our national teams. Thank you for yes. inviting me to this project, Gloria. We're, welcome, welcome, Johnny. So like you said, today we'll go over match day 6 of the 2022 Liga MX season, as well as the names of the Mexicans being heard in European football at the moment. And if you're into the bay like I am, I'm sure you will enjoy it as we discuss the historically big four teams of the league and whether they are deserving of such titles. Lastly, we will finish with a fun fact segment for you to learn more about the history of the Mexican Football League and upcoming matches for you to keep an eye out this weekend. Alright, so let's get started with the Puebla versus Monterrey match. After a grim participation in the Mundial de Clubes, we, um, where Monterrey achieved 5th position, they return to the reality of the Liga MX facing Puebla this weekend, who continues to prove why, are the, why they are the best team of the tournament at the moment. Let's listen to what Nicolás Arcamón had to say about this game. No, a ver, Monterrey creo que hizo un, un partido que, que lo condiciona el, el gol de entrada, después intencionó los caminos para, para, para alcanzar el empate, nosotros hicimos muy bien las cosas para, para neutralizar por varios pasajes el, el, esos caminos y, y también supimos defender en el último momento de la jugada que, que también es necesario, sobre todo por la jerarquía de, del equipo que teníamos enfrente. Yes, so Puebla had an early goal at the second minute after kickoff by Diego de Buen. Um, like like uh, Nicolás Arcamón said, Monterrey had a pretty good performance. Um, they were pushing through uh, during various uh, moments in the match where they had Puebla behind. What do you have to say about this, Johnny? Well, uh, Monterrey right now it's facing a, a, a bit of a crisis right now. There's been talks about uh, Javier Aguirre, uh, a renowned and uh, renowned co coach in world football. He was coach here in Spain. He was coach of the Mexican national team. And there, right now there's been a lot of talks about if, whether he's going to stay in Monterrey or not. Uh, since the, their performance in the Club World Cup, they haven't been like really, really good at all. Uh, last season they weren't they, they weren't as good as expected, and and right now the fans of Monterrey are also starting a campaign against him. So we'll see how how things turn out. Yeah. But I do think that Monterrey hasn't got, hasn't been at this at the level that we all expected from of them. Of course, yeah. With this victory, Nicolás Arcamón's team remains undefeated with 14 points, while Rayados with five points keep worsening their performance. Yeah, and also, well, Gloria, hmm. what happened with Chip? With this, is, this is a sad story for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, in in other of the of the matches this weekend, well, Leon Leon won against Chivas in the last minute. Leon won against Chivas in the last minute, two goals against one. Uh, Chivas had a great performance, uh, we must say. They started losing at the 18 minutes, a complete, complete mistake by the defense. They, they let Victor Davila through and mm -hmm. they really, and they, they let the first goal, they allowed the first goal. In the 80th minute of the game, uh, Cristian El Chicote Calderon tied the game. 
but in the 95th minute, Osvaldo Rodriguez came through and scored the and scored the victory goal for Chivas. Uh, Chivas is going is going through a, a, a crisis as well. But this isn't just only this tournament. It has been, it. They have come through a crisis ever since they last won the Liga MX back back in the Clausura 2017 tournament. And Gloria, what's happening with Chivas right now? You know, uh, it has to do everything from the players to the coach to, like, the directives and stuff like that. But come on, that Nene Beltran mistake in the defense, that's a beginner yeah, mistake. That's... that's where my comment comes from, that it's the players at many times that are not stepping up. Um, of course, the coach has a lot to do with the moves he makes and who comes in. This time, um, the subs actually worked with Chicote Calderon coming off the bench and scoring. But this is, like, once in, like, every six matches. Yeah. So, like... There's something really sad and just tragic going on with the team. And like you said, has been going on for multiple seasons now. But uh, we'll see what what happens in the rest of the tournament. Yeah, and and we'll see what we'll see what's what's going on with Chivas at, at the rest of the tournament. Yes. So yeah. now for the America versus Mazatlan that happened last week in in the middle of the week. Um, America, like I said, is submerged in a brutal crisis. They lost two to one to Mazatlan. Yeah, so that is the desperation made him um, send Vinas and Roger in the field, but the entire offensive um, arsenal was the entire offensive arsenal was on the field, but it just wasn't wasn't working. And now they also lost against Pachuca. Um, Last they stumble night. again at home in the Estadio Azteca, losing three to one against Pachuca. This was America's third loss in the Estadio Azteca this season, and their current crisis of no wins continues to worsen. Yeah, America, one of the teams that has the most pressure to perform in all the league. Uh, they are the ones that are considered the millionaires. Well, also. They, they traditionally they traditionally are considered the min, the millionaires right now. Well, we know Tigres mm -hmm. and Monterrey uh, surpass any expectations that we can all have. Yes. But with the te with the team that they've got, they should be performing way better, way better than they have done so far. And this underperformance has already started. Again, this is gonna be a topic all the way in during this this podcast. Yes. This this has started as a talk between the fans of America of America that if Santiago Solari, a name that has been renowned over here in European football, shall continue or not. So let's see what happens with that. And also uh, another of the of the highlight matches of the week. Cruz Azul, the, La Máquina Celeste de la Cruz Azul beat Toluca 4-1 to one in the, uh, in, as the away team last night with a goal. They started, they started winning with a goal of, from Juan Escobar. After that, Camilo Zambezzo tied the game before going to the, to the, to the halftime. Mm -hmm. And in the second, in the second time, Cruz Azul dominated Complete, almost completely, Toluca. They won 4-1. Santiago Jimenez, who hadn't scored since August last year, came out with a double. His first double as a pro player, the son of El Chaco Jimenez, one of the most beloved players that Cruz Azul has had in the last 10-15 years, mm -hmm. who scored his first double. And, well, this is positive for news for Cruz Azul after, the, the, after last week's loss against Tencaxa. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cruz Azul... They haven't disappointed. Like aside from the from the other tragic uh, finals loss, they haven't disappointed. They're always up there in the competition right now. Um, where are they standing? 
They currently are third place. Yeah, uh, like just... I said, they've been there the whole, the, most of the of the six match days that we've played so far. They've always been at the top, fighting for the top uh, position with Puebla and Atlas. Yeah, they they sleep they sleep last week, but uh, right now they got they got into form, and also we have to speak about they have another game in midweek. They played midweek against Forge FC of Canada in the Concacaf Champions League in Canada in a temperate in the in a climate of minus fifteen degrees Celsius. I think it was a complete it was complete nuts. And well, midweek they received they they received this team in the second leg of the of the Concacaf Champions League. So yeah, things have been going uh, smoothly for Cruz Azul yeah, so far. Uh, taking off for uh, of course the last week's games against the Caxa. Okay, and now moving on to another match: Atlas versus Pumas. Um, the Zorros reached 12 points and Pumas 10 points after six days in the Clausura 2022, six match days. They have lost, they have not lost, but have dropped to fifth position with this uh, draw. Pumas got a great result having several injuries and still leaving the current champions' house with one point. It was a good game, Gloria. I think, uh, well, we, uh, we've said it all the way through this tournament. Atlas has been playing a great football uh, as of now. Pumas is kind of like, had a lot of up and downs. Mm -hmm. But I think it was a great game. Despite the score, there were no goals in the Stadio Jalisco, but... Yeah. yeah, I think both teams have uh, are gonna are gonna have a lot to say in this tournament. Yes, as of now, Atlas remains, like I said, in fifth position, and Pumas follows in sixth. Um, now, Johnny, can you give us an overview of the rest of the matches that happened? Yes, of course. Well, the the other match that took place in fr in Friday was uh, FC Juarez against Queret uh, against Santos. Sorry, the worst match of the of the weekend. Uh, may I add uh, a draw nil nil? It was. A uh, really bad game to watch. Don't uh, don't even watch the highlights. It, there was nothing of value at it. Tijuana tied against uh, Necaxa at one goal each. Uh, Tijuana that has been going down ever since they lost uh, Miguel Herrera as a coach like three or four years ago. It, they haven't recovered. And Necaxa that's been also with a lot of up and downs. They don't have a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of players of name. But they have been going. They ha they have been doing what they can with what they have. Querétaro won two 0 against Mazatlán. Uh, Tigres won two one against Atlético San Luis. And well, last and that and that's the rest of the of the of the games of the week. All right, now let's move in. Let's move on and touch on the subject of Mexican players in Europe. Right now, in my opinion, the most popular names are Raúl Jiménez with the Wolves, Tecatito Corona in Sevilla, Diego Lainez with Betis, Héctor Herrera with Atleti, and also the most recent news, um, which was quite sad for my team Chivas, Jose Juan Macias, who returned to Guadalajara. Let's start there. Let's start there. Yeah. Um, well, what happened with JJ Jose Juan Macias? It was. Uh... I don't know how to say a disappointment. It. Yeah, it was a disappointment because, well, let's let's re let's rewind a bit. When he played for Leon, he was on a loan from Chivas. They were like, okay, this guy can be like the next the next big deal in Mexican football. He can be the next uh, nine, the ne the next striker, big striker for Mexico football for Mexico's football. And he returned to Chivas after that loan spell with Leon. 
and nothing has really happened to him. No, I don't. Uh, he play, he was playing really good the tournament which was cut short because of the pandemic. But after that, he has he hadn't been the same. He was called a couple of times to the Mexican national team. He uh, he surprisingly came to Europe in one of his worst football moments. Uh, I, at, at least was at least what I see it's that he he came to Getafe. He only played uh, seven matches, not not even starting. Yeah, once. he played around eight matches, a little over two hundred minutes. Um, he last played since November thirtieth. Yeah, and right now he's in. I would quote. Physical reconditioning. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, he, he has been going through injuries and stuff like that. But, I mean, um, he was on the bench in the match against this previous match that Chivas played. But I don't see him actually being uh, starting part of the starting eleven. No, I don't I don't think so either. Well, let's see, because Chivas has a lot of uh, problems right That's now true. in their they squad. Really, in their they squad. need any, as many players as they can. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how the things play out, and we'll see if, if Jose Juan can turn tables around. All right. Now, on a, brighter, on a brighter case, let's talk about Hector Herrera, a little brighter, who formed part of the starting eleven in the match against Osasuna, where Atleti defeated, uh, defeated them 3-0. But first, let's listen to what El Cholo Simeone had to say about his performance in that match. Para que el equipo esté junto, Herrera hizo un partidazo. Coque creció en referencia a los partidos anteriores muchísimo. Y llevándome a todos, Jiménez, Savic, Reinildo, estando más desde la posición defensiva y Carrasco, hicieron un partido todos muy regular, muy equilibrado. Yeah, so Cholo says that they all they all played pretty well together, quite an uh, equilibrated match, and they they were all understanding each other with Herrera starting. Yeah, I think I think this was positive from him, and also because let's remember the last FIFA win, FIFA window, last international window, mm -hmm. he was one of the most criticized players from the Mexican national team. He didn't play that well against Costa Rica and Panama. Uh, well, the Jamaica game was a, li a little bit of an outlier. Mexico played really well against Jamaica, even though they just just escaped with the win. Mm -hmm. But uh, Hector Herrera has been criticized a lot in Mexico because of those of the of that FIFA international window, uh, and right now, well, well, let's see uh, how things play out. I think he was also resting some players because on Wednesday, well, we know they have this important, really important match in the Champions League and against Man Manchester United here in Madrid in the Wanda Metropolitano. Yes. Uh, but what, what what do you think about Hector Herrera currently? You uh, know, uh, it's. Uh, I have this strong opinion about Mexicans leaving to Europe and not seeing minutes because I feel like if they're not going to even play, why why mm -hmm. even go? You know, um, might as well help your team out here locally, uh, get championships, continue growing Mexican football as a, as a whole. But I mean, of course, it's everyone's dream to like uh, go higher and reach higher levels. Um, let's listen to what Hector Herrera had to say about his performance in this match. Don't you think? Sí, la verdad que bien, eh, físicamente muy bien, con la pelota también y defensivamente en todos los aspectos me he sentido bien. Creo que al, a veces al no tener tanta participación, cuando trabajas aparte también se, se trabaja bien con los jugadores que no tenemos mucha participación y bueno, creo que esas oportunidades que te dan tienes que estar preparado y, y dar lo mejor de ti para poder ayudar al equipo y bueno, hoy gracias a Dios me tocó ayudar, esperemos que sean más veces. Y nada, contento por ese lado. 
Well, he said that he's he's happy with his he was happy with his performance. He said he knows that he hasn't got a lot of opportunities, and he was he says he was prepared for this moment exactly. that when the opportunity came, he had to give all, all yeah. his soul. And I think he was pretty happy with his performance, and he should be, don't you think? I think he should be. I was pretty great. Uh, like he said, holistically, he played pretty good with his teammates, um, and like he also mentioned, um, he has to take advantage. Of every every single opportunity that Cholo gives El Cholo gives them, um, but now let's move on with this topic of Europeans in um, in with Europeans with Mexicans in European football. Do you think it's worth it, uh, Johnny? I think it's worth it to come and not fa and not have a lot of minutes when you are young. When you are okay. one of the young players, mm -hmm. but why? Because well, we know Mexican football isn't the isn't really known for uh, per, for creating a lot of stars, creating a lot of uh, great players, world class players, world class yeah. players, as in, as in comparison as in Brazil, Argentina, or places like that. I do think it's positive for players to come here at a young age. But if you're if you're a guy like I don't know, like Rodolfo Pizarro, like Raúl Jiménez, that they went to Europe in their prime of uh, in their career primes, I think they should go. Even though it's a mid-table, uh, mid-table team, they should go uh, and have minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike what's happening with, well, currently with uh, Orbelin Pineda, that he left Cruz Azul for uh, Celta de Vigo and he hasn't seen a lot of minutes. Diego Lainez, well, he he is like an outlier because he came to Europe uh, young. Yeah, he's pretty young. He's pretty pretty young. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget he came like in. When but he, he was, was doing great in America. The thing is, he wasn't also playing a lot, a whole lot in America. He was doing great. But he, he, I mean, uh, yeah, but he was doing great with what he had. Exactly. And I think with like one or maybe two more seasons, he was going to definitely like dominate the starting eleven. And um, America at that time had many star players. Like it, it's pretty hard to actually, you know, go through them and take yeah, their he place. He won the league with the America. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I I do get the I do get that point. Uh, it's kind of depends on every situation in on every case. I don't I don't know if you agree with me, Gloria. Yeah. Also, you know, it. I don't know. Like, I just find it that the European football style is just very different. Like in Mexico, you start. Let's say you 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 recruit a young player and they start scoring goals right away and the fans just go crazy like yeah you they, know? they get all, they get inflated a yeah, lot yeah and here in Europe you actually I, I believe you have to prove yourself continuously it's not just like one match two mm -hmm. matches it's it has to be continuous and that's why when they arrive here and they don't see minutes and they can't show what they are made of then they just and it also takes and with that point uh, I'm going to add let's also take into account that in Mexico the Mexican league isn't like most leagues in Europe We have two tournaments a year. We don't have uh, the t the top the the team that has the most points at the end of the tournament mm -hmm. uh, isn't the one that's crowned champions. In fact, we don't have a, a tournament where all players all all the teams go play go to play to the other teams and they receive every other team. Yeah, it's not a year long tournament no, no, no. season no. like here in Europe. And that's that's kind of also what happens because you in Mexico you want to win quick you want to make yeah. it all. I mean, the, at the most we have Copa MX and. Well, it right now it yeah, but it, at it the most like at the most that's what we've had this past couple years. Yeah, exactly, and well, that's not 
And it's not as competitive either ways. <laughs> exactly. That it, it, well, there's a lot of. I hope there's brighter days coming up for from the Mexican football league. I I also I also hope so, Gloria. Okay, so every week we will bring you a hot topic to discuss, be it about the league at the moment or something in history. The topic this time is the Big Four in the Mexican Football League and whether they are deserving of that title. The Big Four are composed of, as we know, Guadalajara, Cruz Azul, Pumas, and America. Um, they've always been considered the magnates of the Mexican League, not only for their triumphs, but for other reasons such as fan base, media coverage, among other factors. So let's start with this question. What does it mean for you to be part of the Big Four of the league? For me to be part of the Big Four in the Mexican League, well, uh, most of the teams that are considered in the Big Four, and most I only take out uh, Pumas, they have been dominant in one of the in in uh, one of the decades that have spun uh, upon Mexican football let's remember Chivas was the Chivas, Chivas had the nickname of El Campeonísimo in the 60s then came Cruz Azul that they were in the second division in the uh, and in the 60s they came through first division they won everything on the 70s with names like Miguel Marin uh, Horacio Lopez Salgado El Calimán Guzmán uh, and many other legendary players of Cruz Azul. Mm -hmm. They dominated the 70s. After that came America. They absolutely crushed the 80s. And Pumas has been kind of an outlier. They have won. They have seven titles. They have won in pretty much every dec decade they have played in the Liga MX. They were also the only team uh, that has been... The only team that has won back-to-back -back, uh, leagues in the short tournament era. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think uh, uh, what takes these teams apart is the international uh, the international reach they have. Yeah, well, Chivas definitely. is, as we know, it's the most beloved team in Mexico. They are they are also the only team in the world that's the most popular team in two different countries. They've been the most popular team in Mexico and the most popular team in the U.S. You live in Los Angeles. Yes. You can tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um not to be biased or anything, but Chivas, aside from their history, they they they're just appealing. In the U.S., there's a lot a lot of Chivas fans. I mean, wherever you go, I reside in Orange County and in Los Angeles. You're always gonna find a Chivista. You're gonna find restaurants called Guadalajara Chivas and stuff like that. But going back to why they why whether they deserve or not to be considered one of the top um, four magnates of the Mexican League, I think it, I agree with you. It really has to do with history. Um, because there's been a lot of talk lately that Tigres or Monterrey um, should be part of the Big Four and Chivas, who has been in a crisis for many years, should be removed. Um, I don't think that's the case because Tigres is only popular in the north. Tigres and Monterrey. Yeah. They are, of course, great teams and stuff like that. But Well, Tigres' popularity has local. grown on the last on the last years, but I do, I do get your point. But, um, yes, it has grown for sure because they've won championships. They're always at the top of the table. They're always in the Liguilla. Uh, the playoffs and stuff like that, but I don't think they deserve to be one of these these teams. Also, with the internationality, because you know Tigres has only won one time the Concacaf Champions League. As in contrast, American Cruz Azul are the winningest teams in Concacaf. They have won it uh, six and seven times respectively. America being the top uh, win, the most winning, the winningest team in the history of the Concacaf Champions League. And also teams like Pachuca have won more than Tigres. Yeah. 
The, uh, Monterrey, well, Monterrey. Toluca too. Like Toluca has ten, I think, ten championships. But and domestic championship. They, domestic. They have the, oh, yes, they have yes, won yes. ten times the league. Toluca. I, I was gonna mention them because they are like the they are the third winningest team in the Mexican league history. But they're not part of the big four. Why? In my opinion, is because they like I said they don't have reach and they don't influence. Yeah, like, exactly. They don't influence Chivas, for example. They send a, they they are a team that exports. To Europe, as we mentioned earlier, they're a team that exported Chicharito, Carlos Salcido. Um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of players, also a lot of Mexican legends. Well, Chava Reyes, Chava Ramon Reyes. Morales, Osvaldo Sanchez have gone have gone and passed through Chivas. Well, that, what memories that, does that bring to oh, you? 2006, <laughs> that was the best team. Omar yeah. Bravo, Alberto Medina. It was a really good, yeah, good team. times. But even after that, we haven't really been consistent at all. Yeah, but I think the these teams deserve the only team the only team of the big four that I have my doubts as of being worthy of being named one of the big four is Pumas. Ah, yes. But uh, also, but thinking about it, the whole picture, they are. They are the only Mexican team that has won against Real Madrid in the Santiago Bernabéu in history. So. They also have a great fan base. Yeah, that's, they're, that's they're it. very strong. Like they have the Derby versus America that's coming up, also the Clásico Capitalino, mm -hmm. and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And now a little more history. Every episode, we will give you some curious facts and must-knows related to the Mexican Soccer League so you can increase your football IQ. Johnny, I'm going to quiz you a little right now. All right, all right, all right. I'm kind of right. ner nervous right now, but <laughs> hit me, You'll hit get me. to do this next week. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Who are the top three title winners in the Mexican Football League? Let's keep it easy. Well, this one is going to be easy. <laughs> well, the first one is America. They have won 13 times the league. Mm -hmm. Next is Chivas. They have won 12. And in third place comes Toluca. We already speak about <laughs> them with 10, le 10, 10 league job. wins. All right. How long did Atlas have to wait until they were able to break their streak without winning a championship? Okay, let me... I, I may be a Cruz Azul fan, <laughs> but I actually live in Guadalajara. <laughs> yeah. Most of my... A lot of my friends are from Atlas and they had to wait... 70 years Tragic since 1951 years. to win the league. They only last year won the league for the second time in history. Yes, I mean, Atlas is my team, Chivas' rival, but honestly, it was well-deserved. Yeah. All right, next. Uh, do you know which are the only clubs that have participated in every division, first division season in the professional era? Mm, uh, I will say American Chivas. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Chivas has never descended. America hasn't either. Yeah, they're on. Well, the only teams that have never been relegated are the big four. The big four. America, mm -hmm. Cruz Azul, uh, Chivas, and Pumas. Yeah, Chivas has been constantly in the relegation zone, but uh, never Mostly, never Mostly in the most recent years. Oh, but yeah, the most recent years. They have. Well, right now there's no relegation, but <laughs> they have, they, they, I think, have, have not been that bad as of lately. That it's, bad. It's, it's like a roller coaster. Like there's yeah. seasons that they're very good, then they go down, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a roller coaster with Chivas. All right. Um, last question. The record for the most games played without losing belongs to which team? Mm. 
Okay, so I know the most consecutive consecutive wins is shared between Cruz Azul, León, and uh, Necaxa. They won 12 straight games, but the most without losing. I might go with with the 60s Chivas. I wish no. <laughs> the, it's the rival team. The America is mm -hmm. okay. Eh, that was my second choice. Yeah, of course. Um, they extended the streak of 28 games between match oh day God. seven of the 2005 Clausura and match day 11 of the 2005 Apertura. All right, America won in Clausura 2005. So mm -hmm. it makes sense. All right, time to go over the match to keep an eye for this weekend. As the season continues to take shape, there are games that are unmissable for you to stay in the loop with the teams competing for the title race. In this occasion, I would go for the Clásico Capitalino between Pumas and America. Pumas will be facing the currently disastrous America at the Estadio Olimpico Universitario. Uh, they currently stand in seventh on the table while America is in 16th yeah. after the loss against Pachuca and yeah. Mazatlán. Um, This game is to is is who is to determine who dominates Mexico City, don't you say? Well, one of the games. One of the games that determine because you also can't count out Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul because there's so, el clásico joven. <laughs> But yeah, I think as far as the as the fan bases go, I think Pumas is one of the more intense ones. I don't know if you, have you yeah. ever been to Ciudad Universitaria? No, I haven't, but I've heard of La Rebel. Wow, it's uh, it's crazy, you know, the whole stadium is uh, Barra Brava. It's yeah. it's completely nuts go, getting there. It's a 68,000 uh, 68, people stadium and the whole stadium is uh, Pretty much a barra brava. It's yeah, amazing. The ultras are, the are, ultras are amazing. Yeah. Uh, but also, but also let's let's not uh, let's not take into account. Uh, well, we always in Mexico say that the clásicos, the derbies, are played differently. Yes, they are. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, anything matter. can your, happen. Your position doesn't matter. It's all about passion. Exactly. All right. Uh, what other matches are coming up this weekend, Johnny? Okay. So in Friday, it's gonna be uh, Pachuca against Pachuca is gonna receive Mazatlan uh, for the in, in Thursday. Sorry, in mm -hmm. Thursday they're gonna be receiving Mazatlan. Uh, uh, also in Thursday, Querétaro will receive Toluca. Now in Friday, Necaxa will face off against León. León that already that uh, won this weekend. Uh, Juárez will receive Tigres. Uh, it's gonna be El Tuca Ferretti against his former team. Mm -hmm. Tijuana will receive the champion, the current champions Atlas in, on Saturday. After that, it's going to be Monterrey, the team that has been in the hardest crisis as of now. Where they will receive, uh, they, they will receive San Luis. Chivas is going to going to be receiving the leader Puebla. That let's see how that <laughs> that turns out. Yeah. And on. On so on Sunday at at two Monday at 2 a.m. here in Ma in Madrid, Cruz Azul is going to be receiving Santos, re-editing uh, re the la the final in which Cruz Azul finally won their ninth championship. Yes, yeah, so see, it's a very interesting match also to keep an eye for. All right, and unfortunately, that is all time allowed for today, Johnny. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you, Gloria, for inviting me. I'm, I really enjoyed it. 
Yes, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in every mo- every Monday where we will bring you the most recent news and the best personal facts about the Mexican Football League. I am Gloria Mendoza. Until next time.